crisp, cool air filling your lungs. Just a tad bit chilly, but just a tad bit right. That's the weather in Florida, especially in the winter. So many know this, and they come here just for that beautiful, clean, crisp air. But does everyone come here just for that air? Or is this just a great place to hide out? For the Barker boys, in 1935, they were in a hideout here. And it didn't last for long. The locals figured out who they were. And the FBI had finally caught up. On January 8th, they surrounded a home, knowing exactly who was inside. Those Barker boys finally caught. But who was inside with them? None other than their mother, Ma Barker. Hello, this is Caitlin from GBR Life of Crimes. In this podcast, we discuss women crimes and the psychology behind them. Why did these women commit these crimes? Was it mental illness? Did they do it just for fun? Keep listening because this week is about... Ma Barker. Ma Barker? Well, that wasn't her real name. Ma Barker was actually Kate Barker. She was born October 8th 1873, and she was known as Ma Barker, but she was also known as Arizona Barker and Ari Barker. And who was she? Well, she was born in Ash Grove, Missouri, the daughter of John and Emmeline Parker. Her family called her Ari, and in 1892, she married George Barker, which is where she acquired the Barker name. In Missouri, of course. And the couple had four sons. Herman, Lloyd, Arthur, and Fred. They seemed to live in Tulsa for quite some time. But remember, in the early 1900s, and then into the early to mid-1900s, life wasn't very easy. There were many issues with wars, issues with jobs, and education at that time was not imperative, at least in the Barker household. In the Barker household, they didn't really 
use education as something that was imperative for their children. They didn't consider it to be a necessity. George Barker himself? Well, he just had low-skilled jobs. Nothing too big, but enough to support his family in some capacity. He was a farmer, a watchman, a station engineer, and a clerk. He was described by the FBI as a shiftless man. And they said he really paid no attention to his sons, except for that criminal activity. As I said, they had four sons. And their oldest, he committed crimes as early as 1910. He was born in 1893. He was very young to be going into the crime world already. And it started for him with highway robbery. He didn't want to start with any small things. He went straight for the big stuff. He even ran over a child in his getaway card. It was very sad, but it seemed to be that the child was okay. But Herman was not because he continued to be involved in many crimes, including murder. And he died in August 29, 1927, in Wichita, Kansas, after a robbery and confrontation with the police. Went awry. He didn't want to go to jail, so he shot himself. And in that same time frame, Lloyd Barker, the second born, he had already been incarcerated in a federal penitentiary in Kansas. And Arthur, the third born, was also in a state penitentiary in Oklahoma. I bet you're thinking, maybe not the youngest, but no, he was also incarcerated in Kansas all four boys were criminals. All four boys were loved by their mother. But George, well, he didn't really want to continue to live in this world with four criminal sons. And we don't actually know if George left his family or Ma kicked him out. But what we do know is that from 1928, he was not living with Ma. He was gone. And Ma, well, at this point, she was miserable. All her sons were in jail. Her husband was gone. So what was she to do? Well, she met Arthur. Arthur Dunlap. I bet you're thinking, Arthur must be a stand-up man. But no, he had no job either. What was Ma to do with all this time alone? Who would she become? Did she forgive her sons?
with a deadbeat boyfriend. Your husband is gone, and your kid's all in jail. What was Ma to do? Well, she didn't have to wait too terribly long, because Arthur, one of her sons, was released in 1932. And then Fred was released. And they had a friend. Alvin Karpis. He was the prison mate of Arthur when he was in jail. And they seemed to get along quite well. And you see, at that time, Al Capone, well, he was the guy to work for. But neither one of them wanted to work for him. They wanted their own thing. They wanted their own gang. So, they got a few others. And they called themselves the Barker Carpus Gang. And they moved around quite a bit. They started in Chicago, but because they didn't want to get caught, they had to move to Minnesota shortly after. And this just continued, renting houses, hotel rooms, anything they could to not get caught. Especially from the police chief, Thomas Big Tom Brown, because he was kind of on to them he had some idea of where they would be and what was going on, and they didn't really know why, but they assumed it was from Ma's common-law husband, Arthur Dunlap, because he was considered to be a loose-lipped man while he was drunk, and he was not trusted. They really hated him. To the point that they named him a pain in the butt. And at one hideout, there was another resident that identified the gang from photographs in True Detective magazine, and they told the police, the neighbor. And Chief Brown, he was waiting for that tip, because as I said, he was on to them. But the gang, they escaped. They figured out that Chief Brown was on to them. So they got away from there immediately, but not before they killed Arthur Dunlap. They did that while traveling. They threw his naked body near Webster, Wisconsin with one single bullet to the head. And unfortunately, Chief Brown, because he didn't catch them, ended up getting demoted. And then eventually he left the force altogether. And so they felt safe and they relocated to Wisconsin. But they made sure that their mother was as safe as possible. They put her in a variety of hotels and hideouts. It may have been because she also didn't like their girlfriends, but if you have a bunch of sons who you are supporting through all their criminal activity and they have girlfriends who may think that they're better than you, you may not like them either. 
and often she was said to try to break up most of the relationships that she could because she didn't like the other women in the gang. She wanted to be the only woman of the gang. But who would want to be the only woman of a gang who killed and kidnapped people for money? They got very comfortable when they knew that the police chief was gone. They were moving all around, but they went back to Chicago. But not before they obtained $100,000 in a ransom by abducting William Ham, And then they arranged another kidnapping of Edward Bremer. And that all gave them about $300,000. And the FBI started to notice them because of these kidnappings. And in the kidnappings, in this time frame, fingerprint identification just started to come out. And that's how they noticed that it was the same gang who was committing these crimes. But being comfortable and not knowing about this new technology, they went back to Chicago thinking everything would be just fine. Boy, were they wrong. Kidnapping and abducting wealthy businessmen like William Ham and Edward Bremer and getting $300,000 definitely puts you at the top of the list for the FBI's most wanted. And they just started to get very dumb. Going back to Chicago, knowing that they were looking for them there because they thought if the police chief isn't here, there's no way they would get caught now. But they didn't all go back to Chicago. As I said, Ma was going from hideout to hideout, hotel to hotel, until they brought her to Oklawaha, Florida, in the Ocala area. And in 1935, the FBI finally caught up. They first found the Barker boys, Fred and Arthur, in Chicago. And when they did that, they found a map indicating where the rest of the gang members were in Florida. So that's where they went. And then they found a local here in Florida named Gator Joe. And he told them because of a letter 
that was sent by a man named Doc. At least, that's what he went by. Doc was actually Arthur Barker. So he knew that they rented a property under the pseudonym Blackburn, claiming to be a mother and sons just wanting to vacation in a country retreat. So Gator Joe rat them out because of that letter that he found from Doc, quote unquote. And because of that, on the morning of June 8th, they surrounded that home. They did not know, though, in that time frame, that the rest of the members of that gang had actually left three days before. So the only people in that house were Fred and Ma. And the agents that surrounded that house wanted everyone to surrender because they assumed that everyone was in that house. But Fred just opened fire because he was not going to just go, not without a fight, not for this long. So, after hours of a shootout, they both perished. And when they entered inside of the home, they found both Ma and Fred in the front of the home. Fred's body had almost all of the bullets, but Ma seemed to only have one bullet. And there was a Tommy gun lying in her hands. But the question is, was that Tommy gun in her hands because she was also shooting? Or was it because she killed herself? Or was it just for protection in case? That's something we will never know. Their bodies, after that shootout, were put on public display until they were claimed in October when relatives finally buried them. What a horrible ending for Ma Barker. This podcast is brought to you by Caitlin from GBR Life, LLC. If you want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and feel free to find me on social media under GBR Life and feel free to visit my website, gbrlife.com. This podcast is open to any sponsorships. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Back to this week's episode. Questioning why Ma was not a bigger part of the story? Well, she was. She was there for the entirety of all of the criminal activity, always defending her boys, always doing everything she could to get her boys out of trouble. But wouldn't any mother do this? 
And for her to be called a mastermind, where did that even come from? Well, it came from J. Edgar Hoover. Because when it was found out that the FBI killed her as well, he called her the most vicious, dangerous, and resourceful criminal brain in the last decade. He said that she enjoyed the lifestyle that was the fruit of her son's crimes and had many lovers. And it's possible she had lovers. Since Arthur didn't really do much for her and her husband didn't do much for her, but that doesn't mean she actually was the criminal mastermind. And it doesn't mean she wasn't. As I said, she was always there. And she did live lavishly in ways that she didn't get to live before. Now, lavish to her wouldn't necessarily be lavish to all, but she was dirt poor. So to be in those nice hotels, going from place to place in the country, of course she wanted that. And her sons were able to provide her that because they were performing these crimes. And she didn't even really know what the crimes were because she didn't have to be around. So was she a criminal mastermind? To be completely honest, probably not. But that does not mean that she did not participate by knowing exactly that her sons were bad people, exactly that they were going to kill going to kidnap and doing nothing about it. Ma Barker is just as culpable for all of the criminal activity because she supported the criminal activity. So no, she didn't think it, but she liked it. And that makes Ma Barker one of the worst women and mothers but not to the Barker boys. To the Barker boys, she was the perfect mom. She supported them no matter what they did. Makes you wonder, how much would my own mother support me if I was gonna do that type of crime? For me, I think mine would turn me in. But what would yours do? So now let's get to Ma Barker's brain. What was going on there? I've already mentioned that she was not actually the criminal mastermind, and I have already questioned why she would be involved in, and accept the things that her sons would do. She is just as culpable because she knew and accepted these things, and that really does make her a bad person. She knew what her sons were capable of doing, which included murder, but she didn't stop them. And that's never okay. But that doesn't mean she didn't have her own issues. Her issues would not have involved 
anything like sociopathic tendencies or psychopathy, but they would have involved things like codependencies, a codependency issue in particular. So what is codependency? It's an excessively emotional or psychologically reliance on a partner, typically one who requires support on account of an illness or addiction. Now, you're probably wondering what addiction, but her sons had this obsessive need to commit crimes. They would not live good, solid, crime-free lives. There is nothing in the history of these Barker boys where they didn't do something wrong. So if you think about it, their crimes may have been like an addiction. They liked living that way. They liked being bad. And Ma Barker, she has a lot of the symptoms of a codependent. She would have had a hard time saying no to those boys. She didn't really have any boundaries, especially because her sons didn't even want them around their girlfriends. And she had this need for control, but only of her sons in regards to being the only woman in this gang. So she didn't necessarily want to be partaking in any of the crime, but she wanted to control how she was perceived in this gang. But she didn't communicate that very well, which is why they brought her to other places. And she always needed to be in a relationship. She went from her husband to a common-law husband and didn't really seem to care when he died, but that's because her main focus was her son's. And the list goes on. She seems to be a codependent person. And codependency is not something that you can just change. It takes time and effort and therapy in order to get away from that. And Ma never had that opportunity. But that doesn't make her any less culpable for her actions. So therefore, I agree with Mr. Hoover. She really was one of the worst criminals, but not because she was the mastermind, but because she supported all of it. How could anyone support it? Love your sons, but she supported it. You think about that for a moment. And think about next week too, because next week I bring to you the wild, wild west with Belle Star. Who was she? Well, come back next week to find out. Thanks for listening. <laughs>